for someone that uh, some of the words that don't know, uh, you are part of many rock bands. This is amazing. Stoner Kings, Angel Sodom, Crossfire, the USA Bastry. I checked that video out with Crossfire. Amazing uh, music video. Pro- major props again, Starbuck, on that. Um, if you can share with the viewers uh, more about how the love for music and for uh, starting uh, these amazing uh, rock bands, how that came about. Well, you know, the thing is, I've always been a metalhead. When I was 10 years old, I heard Motley Crue shout at the devil for the first time. And it's just the, the guitar sound and the, the the riffs and everything and just that chunka chunka kind of like rhythm. It, it just c- completely enamored me, you know. And uh, ever since then, I've been a metalhead ever since I was a boy. You know, I got into Ozzy Osbourne, Bark at the Moon, The Ultimate Sin, Judas Priest, Defenders of the Faith. Iron Maiden's Power Slave, things like this when I was a kid, Twisted Sister. And, uh, you know, the thing is that, like, I was never really a good singer. I was never I, I was never a singer at all when I was young. It's just um, I wasn't even musical. But the thing is, when I moved to Finland in, in uh, 1996, um, I moved into the middle of the forest. I moved literally into the middle of nowhere. It's proverbial nowhere. Uh, and I had a lot of time on my hands and I became an entrepreneur. I, I'm a graphic artist by trade. So I began, began to do this as a, as a way to make a living, uh, at least some money wasn't, wasn't quite making a living, but still I was making some money. Um, and to pass the time, cause I don't drink, you know, I'm not a drinker. I'm not a partier. And first of all, I'm living in the middle of the forest. So like, what am I going to do with my spare time, my free time? Uh, I found myself in a very strange place in my life where I'd never been in, like in in this kind of void before. And I'm a very creative person because I have an artistic talent, right? I always I, I say it's like a sixth sense. People have five senses. Well, I have like artists have six, and that artistic ability is something that you you can't explain to somebody who's not, not artistic, but it's, it's the ability to create in a nutshell. It's the ability to create. We are creators. Um, and if you can parlay that, if you can like somehow harness that parlay that you're able to maybe push the envelope a bit and whatever your medium is like mine was was graphic art so i could draw i could you know make like savage sort of conan styles of comic you know artworks um then with my love for heavy metal i just picked up a guitar and just to pass the time i would start strumming um riffs by ear you know so it's like i was never i i didn't i took a few music lessons when I was younger, but I never had the patience or the discipline to really carry through with like any of those. And, but the thing is that there was still something like blossoming underneath the surface uh, or bubbling, I would say. And then I started to just by ear play what I heard in my head. And I learned how to play chicken chords. Right. So um, a lot of that is, is reliant on the blue scale and then the pentatonic scale and things like that. But the thing is that I, I learned how to just play by ear and then I would pick up an innate rhythm or something that I felt pulsing within me. And, and I would then play it on the guitar and just sing 
whatever came to my mind. And I found that I was really good with poetry. I could create lyrics at the drop of a hat. I can, uh, there's, there's a few themes that I usually revolve in all my bands and they're, they're prevalent to, to, you know, what I feel or the way that I think as a, as, as a person, uh, a lot of those have to do with fate, with death, with eternity, with, uh, with, um, I would, I would say, well, fatalism, fate, same thing, but, uh, but I use a lot of irony. I use a lot of parables, um, and things like that. I don't, I don't write love songs. I, I really don't. I, I think that, you know, over 90% of the world's popular music is, is about either mating rituals, sex or love. And, and I just, I don't, I don't feel like the world needs any more of that. It already has enough. So the things that I write, whatever resonates with me. Um, and I found that my lyrical pen was, was really damn good. You know, it's like just the, I'll, I'll spout off one of the, with Stoner Kings, we have the song on Spotify. It's our probably most, our most famous song to date. It's from 2006 office album that we did called Fuck the World. And it's called Sweet Misery. And it is about relationships, but it's about relationships that just go wrong, right? And I'll, I'll just I'll just verbalize the lyrics for you because then you understand, like, I wrote these just like at the drop of a hat. And these lyrics are some of my best. And it goes, hey, baby, I love you. But at times you make it so hard to find a reason to hold you when the damage is done. Don't come looking for answers that you can find on the wall. Well, I called her disaster a catalyst of the fall. Oh, sweet misery, what you mean to me. Oh, sweet misery, how you're bleeding me. My life was in shambles. My soul was a wreck, too close to the candle, but too far from the past. And you'd pray for forgiveness, and I'd give in again. And this game would start over till nothing was left. Oh, sweet misery, what you mean to me. Oh, sweet misery, how you're bleeding me. That's like the level of lyric that I write. That's fucking prolific. I mean, I'm proud of that shit. That's yeah, deep shit. Poet. And I think that anybody That's can relate to that. That's like anybody can relate to that. If you've been through a divorce, if you've been through a shitty relationship, if you've been with a, in a relationship with somebody who's a narcissist or somebody who's, uh, you know, like manipulative or somebody who's, who's just a tragedy child, you know, somebody who's always in need of, of a savior, you know, somebody who can't, you know, work their way out of a paper bag or whatever, you, you've got to always get them, get them out of there kind of thing. Um, I think anybody can relate to that. And uh, yeah, so like, that's the kind of shit that I write. And, and, and that's, like I said, it's, it just comes easy to me. It's like breathing. It's like, I don't even have to think about it. I, I think you should, really be you should be a poet. That's just well, I, yeah, I'm a philosopher. <laughs> I'm a philosopher. Man. You're a man of many talents, Starbucks. Yeah. Man of many talents. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Those are, those are incredible words. I'm a poet myself, but your level of writing is nowhere near mine. Like I, I'm more of like the high school level, uh, you know, just choose uh, wise words uh, on my end, but your, your, your words are amazing in, in your, in your songs. And uh, yeah, we're grateful that you share that with us. Um, going back to uh, a little bit of wrestling talk. Um, are, are you watching any of the current programs right now? Like AEW or you mentioned NXT war games that you watched uh, recently. Um, yeah. which uh, storyline or angle that catches your eye at the moment 
Well, you know, I, I find it fascinating because the thing is, like, I'm also in the in the promotional end of the business myself. I run this business called Slam Wrestling Finland, right? I run in Finland and both Estonia also. Um, and we're looking at, at expanding into the Baltic sector once this COVID horseshit finally settles and, and the market opens up. So, like, Latvia, Lithuania, and things like that, possibly into St. Peter, Petersburg, Russia. Thing, you know, like to create a loop around the Nordic uh, sector of Europe in the Baltic sector uh, that we can that we can then tour. But it's it's a work in progress at the, uh, the current time. But the thing is that the, the what I watch for in wrestling these days is um, the creation or the building of the stars of tomorrow. And the thing is that like it's it always it's it's a it's a lesson that you really have to take to heart because the lifeblood of our business uh, are people that are, let's say our wrestlers talents that capture the heart and the imagination of the audience on mass, like in large numbers, whether it's stone cold, Steve Austin, whether it's the rock or John Cena. But the thing is that you have to capture a large demographic with, with your persona and people have to be able to gravitate towards you. So I'm looking at now, NXT and I, I really was chagrined originally at this 2.0 relaunch. Uh, I think the colors are just horrendous. I think they're the they're like you're it's like going to Shinjuku Tokyo. Your eye doesn't rest at all. You're you know you're looking around. It's like you, it's just nervous. It's frenetic. Um, I think that that they did away with so many of the older talents. And they brought in just a whole ship, uh, you know, a boatload of new guys. Uh, and girls that 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 uh, you know they're green as grass. They're, they they have no business being on TV yet. Uh, you know they they should be in developmental still and, and not on television, but like actually just the training hall and, and maybe working some house shows and shit like that. But they cer certainly shouldn't be on on uh, on primetime television or on on a network. Uh, but the thing is that they have a few people that are getting there, and they're getting there not so much by design. They're getting there fast because they have that special X factor. One of those guys is Braun Breaker. And, and, and I look at him and it's like he's a carbon copy of Rick Steiner. I remember Rick Steiner back in 1988. And, you know, I followed Rick Steiner's career since, his, since the UWF days. And there was always something like special about him. The way that he moved, there was something like really believable, incredible. And it's just, he was explosive. And, and he moved unlike his peers and Braun Breaker in today's market, he stands out because he is so much of a throwback to his like father's style of wrestler. Nobody else wrestles like him. Nobody moves like him. Their body language is not like him. Um, he's so powerful. He's so strong. He's got innate. How could you say he has, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, instincts. He's got instincts. Uh, and these are things that you can't always teach somebody. You can't teach somebody instinct. They either have it or they don't. And it's also like charisma. You know, like you either you either have charisma or then you don't. You know, you're you're either charismatic or you're not. And and Braun Breaker is somebody, I think the name sucks, but I think that that him as a talent, 
there's something really big brewing under the surface right there. And it's, it, he's going to be, he's going to be enormous. If they don't fuck him up on the main roster, if they don't mess him up uh, the way they've done so many other people and they protect that investment, Vince actually takes a personal liking to this guy and says that, okay, I'm going to build him like a, like I did Roman, right? If he, if he would do that, I think he'd have a breakaway star for the future right then and there. So like when I look at 2.0, I'm, I'm looking at Braun Breaker. Uh, first and foremost, he's the one that catches my eye. Um, there's some other people there, but none of them to the degree of this Braun Breaker guy um, not, uh, of the new stock. Then in AEW, I'm looking at, at Daniel Bryan or, or Bryan Danielson. Um, and I'm, I think that like his work right now, you can tell the guy's having fun. You can tell the guy's he's enjoying life. He's really enjoying being the heel now. And, and, He's phenomenal. It's just the way that he builds his matches, the psychology, the pacing, the execution, how much he actually gives to his opponent versus how much of the match that he takes, depending on who he's in the ring with. He's able to gauge that better in that all-inclusive environment of AEW than, than pretty much most all of his peers. You know, he, there there are people there that should not be giving. Like, let's say in that match with Joey Janela, if you guys remember Joey Janela versus... Uh, uh, Kenny Omega from about two years ago, they did 30 minutes on AW Dynamite. That's inexcusable. That is absolutely inexcusable. The thing is, not everybody can be an A-lister. You can't. You, you need to have top-tier stars. You need to have upper mid-card. You need to have mid-card. You need to have curtain jerkers or then like, like enhancement talents. You, you, you need the rookies. You need like the lower card too. Because the thing is, otherwise, what are you aspiring to? Like, how can you climb the ladder of success? How can you have people follow your journey if they don't, if they don't see your struggle? So therefore, you have to have established stars that are already at that level where they're protected. And then you have to have people scratching under that surface, trying to reach that next level. Uh, you know, let's like Jericho was back in the day with Rock and Austin. You know, he finally, he got there. But the thing is that, the people have got to want to see you get there too. And you cannot be profiled, even Steven, for 30 minutes to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with somebody and do all the moves under the sun to them and, and, and have, you know, allow for that to happen, whether you're an agent or a promoter or whether you're a booker. You cannot allow that to happen because the thing is then you're not protecting your investment. It doesn't make you special. If, if like everybody's special, then nobody's special. You know what I mean? You, you have to have a tiered system. You know, and, and that's really, that's just the, the way that life works in general. I mean, it's like if you, sh if, if, if I as a band were to get the opportunity to open for Metallica, I would not expect to share uh, or not share, but I would not expect to, to have as much of the stage to use as Metallica does. I would not expect to use their drum riser. I would not expect to get the same PA. I would, I would not expect to get the same lights. Why? Because I'm not Metallica. I'm with Stoner Kings. So I don't, I don't deserve. I'm not at that level. I don't have the longevity. I don't have the tenure. I don't have the, the worldwide renown of James Hetfield and company. So therefore, no, I don't deserve the same treatment. If I work my way up there one day, let's say in 10, 15 years, whatever, you know, just a, a case example, but 
if, if all of a sudden my band catches fire to that degree and people are like, oh man, they speak to me on the same in the same breath as they would Megadeth, Anthrax, Metallica. Then maybe one day I'll get that same stage presence, the same stage show, that same treatment, but not now. And nor should I expect to get that. So that applies to wrestling too. And that's where it's like in, in today's market, um, I think Hangman Page, is. it's nice to see um, that he finally somebody who's quote-unquote more or less homegrown, so to say, uh, in AEW, even though he's not originally AEW talent, but still, I mean, they, you, we can say that he's kind of like an AEW guy, um, that he's getting his time under the sun. Now, it's nice to see that. I think that people really want to want to like this guy and want to get behind him. Um, there's some other people there that, that I think that uh, it's, it's interesting to watch. But the thing is that I think that overall, the one thing that chagrins me about today's pro wrestling is that everybody's in such a hurry to get their shit in. And everybody's so concerned about like somehow they think that not less is more, but that more is more. And it reminds me of a story that Chris Jericho told me, you know, Chris is a good friend of mine to this day. And, and Chris told me a story uh, that he was with new Japan back in the day. And, and they would go up to the Northern Japanese towns and the cities in, in Northern Japan. Uh, with, and Keiji Muto would only do two moves in every match. Like maybe the handspring elbow into the corner and maybe the moonsault or something, but he'd only do two moves up in the mountains, right? And, and these, this is not Tokyo. It's not Osaka. It's not Nagoya. And Jericho would ask, Muto afterwards said, Muto-san, why do you do so little? You know what Muto's answer was? He says, Jericho-san, every one bump less is one bump more later on. Wow. Do you understand? It's like, it's like saving his, um, his body. Right? Understood that? Yeah. Get insight there. Wow. Wow. What's that? Oh, that, oh no! I mean, it means um, it's uh, saving, uh, saving more longevity. Is it? Is that what it is? Uh, Starbucks. No, like but but also, but it's also if you think about it, it's in the context of the match itself. Now, if you if you infiltrate not infiltrates the wrong word, but if you perforate your match with with bumps upon bumps and moves upon moves, if it's just action, 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 I can I'll, I'll draw you across comparison. Um, if you watch these old James Bond movies, which are, you know, prolific uh, with Sean Connery or, or with Roger Moore, and you then compare the James Bond of yesteryear to the Daniel Craig James Bond, or maybe more so the Pierce Brosnan James Bond, mm -hmm. where it's more like bang, 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 machine gun going off, <laughs> right? Right. Action, 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 like cut, 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 right? So angle after angle um the thing is that you become desensitized where if you pick and choose your spots if you carefully map out where you put what you put like let's say you're you have a few key things let's say you have a six shooter right mm -hmm. you got a revolver a gun and you only have six bullets you ain't going to be shooting that thing off as you would a machine gun oh. not going to happen Mm -hmm. you're going to pick and choose your spots that you're going to unload those six bullets in. 
This is the point, the cross comparison with, with what Keiji Muto said. Every one bump less is one bump more later on. Uh, it will mean more. It will mean more if you pick and choose your spots. Think of like the matches that Hulk Hogan had. If you count in your mind, if you like, okay, whether or not you believe that Hulk Hogan's matches were five star matches, now who, like, okay, so Dave Meltzer comes up with a five star scale, but who, whoever made Dave Meltzer, Jesus Christ, a professional wrestler? I, I, I never made it that. But all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> somebody has. Somebody has chosen to make Dave Meltzer the ultimate authority uh, on professional wrestling. Yeah. But his five-star rating system um, is is such that uh, if you think of like the people that drew money, what's the name of our business? Professional wrestling. Professional, uh, it, re it relates to, to money. It relates to earning an income, making business, right? Generating business. So if you think of Hulk Hogan, I think you got to argue that he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time because of the fact, not because of his skills, but because of the fact that he generated so much money for his company, for himself and for the people that work with him. So therefore, if you think of Hogan and you, the way that he did his piece of business, how many bumps did Hulk Hogan ever take in a match? You can count them. You can take any Hogan match and you can go back and you can count the bumps and it, you'll get under five bumps a match. He will take under five, usually between two and three bumps a match on average is what Hulk Hogan will take. He'll, he'll break down to a knee. He'll go down to a hip. Then he'll be down on his back, but he will not take flat back bumps or front bumps in the match. Hardly ever, hardly at all, unless he's taken one body slam or unless he takes a clothesline or a back elbow or something that knocks him off his feet. But that's going to be, it's between, it's between two and five bumps per match. He, but he didn't. But he didn't need to do more than that because he knew how to work. He knew, he knew his, his piece of business and he knew his audience. He knew what he could get away with. And it's like at no point were you ever analyzing his matches in the past saying that, oh, he's doing so little. And nobody would do that because of things that you were thoroughly entertained and you were thoroughly engrossed with what you were seeing. This is the magic of professional wrestling. When you have guys that can get away with doing less and making it mean more. That's what Keiji Muto meant when he answered Chris Jericho that every one bump less is one bump more later on. Thank you, though. Thank you so much for describing that, Starbuck. Wow. It's, uh, sorry it took me a long while. I don't know if Norbert's got it, but it took me a little while. Thank you for yeah, it. <laughs> it's an incredible insight. I mean, like every every wrestler has, has a story to tell. And that's uh, just one of the ways that they tell their stories in the ring. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, they, they want to like really uh, make make their career special in, in, in their um, in their individual way. And uh, it's definitely a, it's a, definitely a good thing for our business. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, this. Uh, wow. I wish we could be uh, going all night, but I know you need uh, some sleep over there at 1230. Yeah, I, can, I can still go. I can still go. It's uh, I'm, I'm still up. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh <laughs> But Starbucks, wow. Like, I just, uh, on behalf of us, Norbs and I, just want to thank you so much. We'll never forget your kindness for this. Uh, but stay on, though. But uh, last thing, do you uh, want to share with the viewers, uh, social media handle, any important things coming up uh, for yourself? Like, yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. The thing is, if you haven't seen my company, Slam Wrestling, uh, that's S-L-A-M, 
with a with an exclamation mark at the end of it wrestling we you'll find us online at slamrest.com that's s-l-a-m-w-r-e-s.com um all of our social medias twitter uh facebook um what do you got youtube tiktok uh instagram they're all at slash slam rest that's s-l-a-m-w-r-e-s uh, our business model is really, it's its a two-fold business model. Um, one of them is that we aspire to uh, to, to sell uh, larger shows to clients um, where we allow the client to dictate what would suit their event. In other words, what kind of talent, what kind of, what kind of like an image for the action, for the wrestling, for the for the talent pool involved, which is so it's kind of like an all star cast, and we we allow the the client to have a say in the matter. Um, it's not like we make the talent the, or the the client the booker. That's not the, not the case. But the things that we do make it like friendly for the client in that way that they are able to get what they what they want, that they have a say in the actual product that that the, that we present to them. Um, so we've been able to use people like uh, Mako Satomura uh, from Japan now, the NXT UK Women's Champion at this current time. Uh, we've been able to, to have Tajiri here, here also for my company. Uh, we've had uh, James Mason here, who's one of the coaches for NXT UK nowadays. But the, I would say the James Bond of, of uh, British professional wrestling, just an amazing talent. Um, we've had so many people. Shauna from Portugal who was in AEW for a while. Um, she's she's been here. Natalia Markova now, who just wrestled for NWA's uh, Hard Times Two pay per view. Um, we've we've had just a plethora of of the top um, independent professional wrestlers here in Europe, from Fabio Ferrari all the way down to to uh, Tiny Iron. You know, who's been a, if you don't know, Tiny Iron's been a bodyguard for Beyonce, Black Eyed Peas, for uh, Rihanna and whatnot. You know, he's just a huge, huge guy. Um, and the thing is that, so this part of our business is uh, the high end spectrum of, of making or creating events for specific customers uh, by offering them. Uh, a wide expanse of a global pa- uh, talent pool that they can choose from. And then, you know, if they give us a budget and we tell them what's possible within that budget, then we facilitate the talent and the booking there, you know, to, accordingly. Then I have uh, my own talent that I raise up here in Finland uh, that I train my own wrestlers. So I have a new crew of, of young upstart talents and some of them are very talented. Uh, the training is very intense it's very detail oriented, very old school, and it's uh, very realistic. So the thing is that it, it's it's a it's a throwback in philosophy and in the way that like we bring up talents here, but we produce like diamonds in the rough with this with with, with this approach, and uh, so we do some some shows where uh, to give our younger talents and our newer talents uh, an arena and an audience to work in front of and to own their, to hone their craft. Uh, then we do domestic shows with uh, like on a smaller scale or then on a, on a mixed scale where I use part of the crew as an international talent base. And then part of the crew I use uh, with my own newer talents. And thereby we will also be 
uh, opening up our own network. So like, as you know, WWE has their own network. Um, there are some companies like, for example, that friends of mine that are promoters here in Europe, OTT, which is over the top wrestling in Ireland. Uh, they have their own network, OTT on demand. Uh, fantastic company. I really recommend checking them out. They use guys like Will Ospreay. They use guys like uh, Pete Dunn and, uh, and Tyler Bate, people like that, you know, so they've, they've, they have a lot of the top talents working for them too. Um, in addition to that, uh, another company, for example, that has their own networks, GWF out of Berlin, Germany, that's a German wrestling federation. Um, HCW, which is Hungarian championship wrestling. They have their own network also. Now we're going to be opening up our own network. It's going to be under the the uh, URL of SlamRest, that's S-L-A-M-W-R-E-S dot TV. And it's going to be opening up at the beginning of the year, 2022. And that's going to be a pay service. I really recommend for everyone to check that out because that's going to be worth your paying dollar or your paying euro, whatever your currency is. Uh, and and this is pro wrestling with, with a very much, uh, it's, it's a throwback approach because of the thing that we're not doing modern pro wrestling in the sense that where it's like, every ROH, every, I'm not, 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 I'm not putting nobody down. I'm just saying that the modern style of pro wrestling, the high spot oriented dopamine kick, constant motion, constant arms and legs flailing to and fro without really paying much attention to how much contact is made. We don't do this style of wrestling. What we do is we, we do an, a more like an eighties, early nineties style of, uh, the old NWA Mid-South UWF slash maybe some of the New Japan flair thrown into the mix where you have a believable, uh, tight, hard-hitting, um, competitive product. Not over-the-top, not goofy, not comedic, not at least not intentionally comedic. If somebody's comedic, you know, for whatever their, their personality is, uh, it's, it's just due down to them. It's not because we write it into the script, so to speak. Um, so the thing is that what we produce is a breath of fresh air. It's something which if you're, if you're yearning for the kind of professional wrestling, which is a sports oriented, uh, a believable product, which is more so a throwback product that like the wrestling you grew up on, then you really do yourself a favor and check out slam wrestling. Absolutely. Everyone, please check that out. Slam Wrestling. It's amazing. I checked it out as well. Great, great uh, future for Slam Wrestling as well. And uh, Starbuck, don't go anywhere. Uh, but I just want to say uh, for stay by to our viewers, uh, Starbuck, thank you so much again for joining us. And to all the viewers, Tea Time with Tommy, Tommy Long Cup. Thank you. Tea Time with Tommy, Tommy Lee, signing out. Alrighty, guys. This is the Rebel Starbuck the pioneer of Finnish professional wrestling four-time European pro wrestling champion and you're watching Tea Time with Tommy so do yourself a favor subscribe right down below and get yourself some more Tea Time with Tommy hey everyone it's Brittany from Tea Time with Tommy and don't forget to catch Tea Time with Tommy and click the subscribe button on Twitter Facebook Instagram TikTok and Spotify and if you don't click the subscribe button, Tommy will be a very, very, very cranky old man. So let's not have that. So make sure you click the like and subscribe button.